and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a big one in store for all of you today. Our guest this week is uh, the one and only Ashton Starr. Uh, I often describe Ashton as a cornerstone of the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement. Um, Ashton is a widely known name on the independents. Um, not to mention the fact that he's had a couple of appearances with AEW as well. Just all around uh, a person who has been uh, part of the foundation of the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement that we've seen over the last few years. And someone who I have been very excited to have on the show. Someone I've been looking forward to having on the show. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. Ashton is just a, such a dynamic personality both in terms of uh, you know just himself and the way that he speaks and the way that he's developed his character all the way down to what he does in the ring and where he draws inspiration from for that as well so this is a a really uh, fun time i think to have the chance to sit down with ashton you know and, and to talk about all the developments that we've seen over the past few years and a lot about um, his own experiences through all of that as well. So very excited to have Ashton on the, on the show this week. And we will definitely get to that interview here in just a second. But I think it's kind of apt that we have Ashton on the show this week, that we talk about one of Ashton's very close friends and another person who has been a major part of the LGBTQ wrestling movement, uh, AC Mack. Because we haven't spoken about uh, AC Mack losing the IWTV world title uh here on the show since that happened uh, a week or so ago maybe two weeks ago at this point uh losing the title to cruel uh oddly enough another southeast uh independent wrestler um but yeah i mean obviously the the loss just came as a stunner to a lot of people but at the same time you know we've seen the posts from iwtv and from so many others um not just you know fans but also wrestlers that you know run in the same circles as ac mac that have been there with ac mac whether it be for the the lgbtq uh rise or the the rise of southeast first and putting more eyeballs on the atlanta area and the southeast region as as a whole over the past year or so um and you know it's just been amazing to see the outpouring of admiration and appreciation for the run that AC Mag had with that title starting back in January up until up until now. Um, it obviously is a historic title reign because of uh, the historic nature of his win back in January, becoming the first out uh, gay male world champion in the history of pro wrestling. Um it's a monumental accomplishment, but it's more so about what he did with that belt after he won it. Because, you know, as the IWTV stats showed, like you know, 24 title defenses ranks in the top three in terms of number of title defenses, ranks in the top three in number of days of holding the title. You know, nearly a year-long reign there, something that AC Mack is very used to. <laughs> and it's just... To see AC Mack carry himself in the way that he has as a champion 
you know, we already know that he could do it. Just look at his action championship reign. Look at his um, his other title reigns. Look at what he's done with Ohio Wrestling Alliance and and uh, their championship that he's defending against against Effie on on uh, Fight for Pride, the same show that Ashton's going to be on here on the 11th up in Ohio. Um, it's just amazing to see what he's been able to accomplish through just this one title reign and. You know, like I said on Twitter, like here's to a second one, however many more he's going to have, but also here's to the opportunities that that he's proven himself to deserve through this title reign as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about TV ready people in the world of independent pro wrestling, and AC Mac is definitely near the top of that list. He's one of the top names at the top of that there. And I only hope that this title reign helps other people recognize that he's at the top of that list as well. So thank you, AC Mac, for representing for all of us in the LGBTQ community, but most of all, representing yourself in the way that you did as champion. Just amazing to see. With that being said, uh, let's get right into my conversation with Ashton Starr. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very pleased to have as my guest this week someone who has been a cornerstone of the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement for the past few years. You know him from Action Wrestling. You know him from Southern Honor. You know him from Pro Wrestling Vibe. You know him from Paris's Bumping. You know him from the Big Gay Brunch. You know him from Cascadia, where he main evented against Keita Murray. I have to throw that. I have to plug my own show there <laughs> because it's just so good. Look, America has a problem. And it's Ashton Starr. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. First of all, I like the introduction. I was like, okay, I did do that. I did do that. Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> but I feel good. Thank you for having me. No, I'm excited to have you on. Like, like I said, like uh, before we started recording, like you're someone who I've been wanting to have on the show for a while now. Um, you know, and I'm just glad that we were able to make it work. We finally got a chance to kind of spend a little bit of time together in, in Washington at Cascadia and, and after Cascadia. And it just kind of cemented even more of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. You know, you're like I said in the opening, like you are someone who has been there from the beginning of this boom of LGBTQ identities and pro wrestling and, and the movement that we've seen over the past five years or so. Um and I think that you are a vital piece to why that movement continues to flourish in a way as well, as evidenced by all the different places that you were at. Because, like, I named off a lot of places in the beginning there, but we're also, like, you're out at Hood Slam. You're uh, up at just uh, as this interview will come out, like, you are going to be wrestling Isaiah Broner up at Ohio Wrestling Alliance for their Fight for Pride <laughs> show. Like, it's it's just amazing to see all the different places you've been. And we haven't even mentioned AEW yet. So like, it's just, it's just all these, you're all over the place. You're doing big things. And I'm glad that, that we were able to fit some time in here for, <laughs> to, to get the chance to, to talk to you a little bit. Cause um, I feel like we haven't really seen uh, that many interviews with you. And, and we were talking a little bit before we got in, before we started recording here about that, like it's been a minute, like around when the documentary, Starfire documentary came out when a yeah. lot of that stuff happened for you. So um, I do want to get in 
so we can start there with, with the documentary itself. But before we do anything, I have to wish you a happy Mariah season here yes, on the show as yes. well. Happy Mariah season. It's time. <laughs> uh, I, I played, look, I started listening to Mariah Carey Christmas music at 1201, uh, at 12.01 November 1st. So I, I have been, and I'm still listening to it. I, um, I go to the gym and I'm pretty sure people can hear it in my headphones. I, I love Mariah Carey season. I don't even call it Christmas. I call it Mariah Carey season. Exactly. It's the full <laughs> two months. It, it's all the way through January 1st. Yes, we're just going to skip Thanksgiving because, I mean, what is Thanksgiving anyway? A day where we just eat? <laughs> Please, we can do that for Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, we can just skip all of that. We just straight into Mariah season. That's a colonist holiday where all you do is eat mac and cheese and argue with your family. Come on now. Right. Like, come on now. What are we going to do? Watch football? Like, come on. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just throw on all I want for Christmas is you and whatever other Mariah Carey chance we can get. Throw a little glitter in there, a little vision of love. It's Mariah Carey season. Exactly. Exactly. I like that we're <laughs> on the same page there. No. Um, so let's talk about Starfire. I know it's been a minute since it came out, but that like i i honestly feel like that is one of the more powerful like wrestling documentaries that we've seen uh, in the past few years mostly because one um you you don't talk a lot about like your like personal like life and and and, and that sort of stuff and and this was the first chance that a lot of people kind of got to know your story in in a way um was that hard for you to finally like open up about this stuff? And and why are you why do you feel like you have you are so guarded about about that stuff? Um, I've always been guarded. Ever since I was little, I've been uh, really guarded about my personal life and experiences. Um, I didn't. I was a happy kid. However, I didn't necessarily grow up. Uh, with a social circle, not necessarily my family, but a social circle of having a plethora of friends, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, whether it was being bullied and actually growing up, I was actually super, super introverted. Um, so I actually didn't really talk to a lot of people. I actually low-key hated people. Um, so I didn't really have like a wealth of people that I can go to and share my experiences and stories with. Um, it was funny because I actually had um, friends tell me and like best friends tell me, you know, we don't know a lot about you. We never really know what you're thinking. Um, you know, we don't really know a lot about your personal life. Um, and which is weird because people tell me I'm great for reality TV. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> So it was funny that like people like that and I've, you know, and I've been told things like that, but I've never actually gotten to share those experiences. Um, and then um, I was actually approached by the producer and director of the documentary, Nathan Mari, um, the genius behind Tank Puck Films. Um, he's done videos that, for Fozzie and he's done things that have included Sting. So he's very familiar in the world of videography and editing. Um, he approached me saying, hey, you know, I've been wanting to do like a documentary or a series of documentaries about um, his about his friends and especially his friends that were in wrestling. So 
I was like, you know what? <laughs> I was like, maybe this is the perfect opportunity to actually get to let people know a little bit more about me since I am very personable and I am very to myself. And I, I, I especially in my career, I try to walk with what I call a Beyonce complex mm-hmm. um, to where I kind of keep my personal to me. And then I kind of show everybody what I want to show them. You know what I mean? So it was, um, and I was like, you know what? It, it would be nice to kind of open up a little bit and kind of be a little relatable instead of kind of just being like this character of Ashen Star that I've been able to create and maybe try to become a more relatable person so we could actually get to see the real side of me. Mm. I get a sense like, that kind of holding all of that that stuff in can almost feel like a, a weight in a way did that factor into like to the decision to do this as well just like i just need to like like not like purge yourself of, of this stuff but like let something off of your back a bit just to kind of like opening up in that way um i think well first of all it is a definitely a lot of um weight that I was holding on to a lot a lot of people um you know in the documentary I talk about my coming out story I talk about my early challenges of people trying to take advantage of me in wrestling I talk about my experience of locker rooms when I first started and how like my experience in locker rooms was um it was a lot to recount and it was a lot um it was a lot of of uh, personal anguish that I personally didn't want to relive and um, and you know and being in the public eye I'm used to receiving vitriol you know I'm used to receiving a little bit of criticism and backlash but it's sometimes it's a little harder to think about what that'll be like as it pertains to your personal life um, so there was a lot of weight that I was putting into the video for it to be released for the public to see it um but i mean when it was released i felt like there was a weight that had been lifted simply because there were a lot of people that got to relate to it who uh watched it had friends call me and text me and be like they were like they were checking on me and i was like no i'm fine these are past events (laughs) (laughs) um but you know it made my it made one it made my friends like i let them in a little bit more and also it got to show the public that i'm a human being and not just a just not just a wrestler because when people see the character they think of flashy and energy and you know carefree and then you kind of get to know a little bit more about me i know like oh he's just one big nerd <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so it's like it's like it, it lets them know that I'm like a human being. I'm relatable. I, 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 you know, I go through things. You know, like nothing is perfect, and it, it, it gives people something they can watch and be like, I can get that. I understand that. I know what it's like to go through that. So, it was, it was, it was a positive plus. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> that honestly, that that's really great to hear. Like I, I feel like that's 
typically the experience with those things like letting mm-hmm. letting those things out in that way but you know you you never know there's there's always a, the the doubt that's there about like how are these things going to be received like how are people going to view the stuff but um, it's great to hear that you have like a support system around you that's just like you know wants to make sure that you're okay and and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and and like you said there's a lot of stuff that you talk about in terms of your experiences in pro wrestling that were very relatable at the time as well. I mean, that came out like less than a year after the the speaking out movement happened. We, you know, we still have a lot of people in our community and they're in wrestling that kind of had similar experiences in terms of locker room experiences that you had um, earlier in your career. And then of course, probably the, the most heartwarming part of the, of the documentary, honestly, was the, the your coming out uh, story with your mom. Like it just, like I, I know, obviously it was a very emotional moment for you. I mean, you you you, you cried when recounting the story a bit, but yeah. it's I don't know. Like I'm always happy to hear like those positive coming out stories, especially when it comes to parents, because you know that's not always the experience that that people have. Yeah, which I'm 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 thankful for the mom I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because it's so funny because, you know, there's a there's a different weight, I feel, being a part of, I call us the alphabet mommy, mafia. I hate saying LGBTQ plus is such a mouthful. <laughs> um, but there is a, there is a different weight that is put on you when you're a part of the community um, in a Black household. Um I think that, it, and, and, and I think it's that way, it's like, it's that way in most households, but in the Black household, um, being a part of the community is not necessarily tolerable or accepted in most cases. Uh, it's mostly frowned upon um, within the community. It's kind of like being the Black sheep of your community when you're a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so, and my mom's never really given me a reason to feel like um, I couldn't go to her about it. And I I was just mainly fearful of the acceptance of my mom because I've heard stories about people having totally fine lives and then they come out to their parents and then all of a sudden they're either abandoned or they're shunned or they're disowned and, you know, they don't have that family dynamic anymore. And my mom was so like relaxed about it. Um, I think it made her feel good to tell her. Because um, I mean, your parent knows, regardless of whether you tell them or not, your parent knows before, I think your parents know before you know, to be perfectly honest. Um, if she had already known, I think she had been waiting so long for me to just say it. Yeah. Um, and I think that when I finally told her, she was able to breathe. You know what I mean? She was finally able to breathe and relax. And we were already, and I include this part in the video. And my mom's like, you have to make sure that I didn't brush it off. And we just went and got tacos. 
and so let me just iterate that she did not just brush it off and then we went out to get tacos. We were already going to get tacos. I see. Um, and then she felt more of a need to celebrate. So then she was like, now let's go get tacos. So <laughs> my mom was like, I don't want them thinking that I just... I don't want them thinking that I just um, wanted to go get tacos. Like it was a whole thing. Um, but I was just like, I'm going to get, I'm going to go get tacos and everything. So it was definitely a major, um, a major step for me in my life. <laughs> like, and I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's it's awesome to hear. And you're spot on. I think sometimes like parents do just know because like that was also. My experience, I, I feel like, like, I, I remember, I think, I, I don't know if I, to, I think I told this story on the show before, but I vividly remember, like, having my mom pick me up from, like, a house party in Valdosta after going to, like, a drag club. And, yeah. um, and her just basically saying, like, you know, it's okay if you like boys, too. And I'm just like, I'm not even trying to have this conversation with you right now, but, like... <laughs> But like, okay. Period, first of all, parents' timing is always horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, not now, mom. Lord, what no, conversation like, later? Like seven in the morning. Let's just go get McDonald's breakfast and drive home. Oh, Jesus. Let's at least get a snack first. Like exactly. <laughs> like I am still half drunk. All right. Like let's let's keep it moving. No. Uh, let's get a breakfast platter please get some pancakes <laughs> and you soak this up like let's, let's let's you know let's give it a moment <laughs> exactly no but um no that's that's awesome to hear i'm i'm really glad to hear that that you know was a, a positive experience for you in, in that way um and that kind of leads into like a little something from the the documentary as well that kind of take us back into the ring a bit because it was really interesting for me to 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 hear that um you know your match with sunny kiss at a matter of pride a number of years ago was like the almost like the the flip the switch moment for you in terms of like understanding like who Ashton Starr is and can be and like kind of character development as well. Um, what what was it specifically about stepping into the ring with Sonny that kind of unlocked that for you in a way? I think what it was is, you know, being, uh, especially when I started my career, primarily being in Georgia, um, I think coming up, there was only one other wrestler of um, the community whose name is Simon Sermon. Um, and as I was coming in, he's slowly making his way out. Um, he still wrestles every now and then to this day, but um, he's not regularly active as he used to be. And he was starting to slow down. Um, because he was he's he's older in age you know you know as you get older your body gets tired and you know things kind of work out that way um so basically i in my experience hadn't actually been able to compete or perform with many people of the community especially one of color um like myself um at that point by the time i had wrestled sunny sunny and i had actually met maybe a year or two prior to that at a show um, in Atlanta and we were actually supposed to wrestle then um, but for whatever reason that fell through and it didn't happen so I got um, 
a message from the former owner, or I guess they still own it, of that promotion and um, wanted me to come up there. And I actually had no idea that I was wrestling Sonny until the poster came out. Um, of course, by that time I was familiar because I had met um, Eddie McQueen and uh, I met uh, Jamie Lynn Senegal. So I was familiar with some of the people, Kita. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I had already like met some of the people, some of the people are kind of meeting for the first time. Um, uh, and then found out I was wrestling Sonny. First of all, me and Sonny uh, love each other to like to this day, like love each other. Um, and I thought that that was so cool to be able to stand across the ring and have a match with somebody my age, for one. Two, I think that was the first time I actually had a match with somebody of the community. Um, it was my first big wrestling trip because I had I didn't travel that much. When I traveled, I got to travel with AR Fox because um, he was my trainer. But, um, you know, it was my, one of my first big major trips, like not under AR Fox, but kind of for myself. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of used to just wrestling and being a character like, Ooh. but, <laughs> but it was the first time I got to have a match and be like a character and have this high energy, put on this good match with Sonny. We were first. So the pressure was on. Um, and it was the first time I actually was like, okay, that's what I need to do. And I need to build and I need to expand upon that. And everything that I just did in there with Sonny, because it was the first time I actually had a, rash, a match that was like characteristic. And it was like, not necessarily a story based match because there was no story going into it, but it was a match that we were able to tell a story. Um, and I feel like that dynamic was the blueprint for um, the wrestler I ended up becoming to this day and currently still evolving into. Um, and then I think what was so cool was it, just earlier this year, I got to wrestle Sonny again yes. uh, at AEW. And I was like, if this isn't a full circle moment right here. <laughs> <laughs> because we started, we, that match was earlier in our careers. And I mean, Sonny signed, I'm not. But to be able to have that platform from a match that we had had, what was that, five years ago? Mm -hmm. Um fast forward and now to being the first match between um uh, two color male sometimes female identifying <laughs> um lgbtq plus wrestlers that has never happened on a major platform before so for that to be given to us two as um if i can sound a little conceited two people that we <laughs> I think really propelled the movement and now we get to be seen on this stage by a national platform and be able to get to make this history was a huge deal for me so I I there there are moments that if I were to put I was gonna say um like you know take off and tie up the boots for a final time and end it then I forgot my boots or zipper um <laughs> man, that was my last time lacing up a pair of boots i would have been so happy with that because that was a moment that no one would have ever been able to actually take from me
I'm glad you bring up that AEW match because that's exactly where I was going too. Because it did feel like a very full circle moment to have that <laughs> this this five year period bookended by by these two matches with the same opponent and to see the growth that not only both of you have had but the the presence of the community the alphabet mafia if you will um yeah <laughs> in, pro in pro wrestling over the course of that time because like you know it really has been mainly the last like five years that we've seen the explosion that we have seen and you know you and sunny and people like effie and billy and dark chic um and so many others have been the uh, much of the force behind that push as well um and it's interesting also to kind of look at that in terms of um how many people of color have been at the center of pushing this movement as well because like outside of like there are many other names that i did that that belong on that list with you know that i didn't put on there but outside of the ones that i just listed there effie is the only white person like it's really feels like it's been a a huge push from from bipoc communities within the lgbtq community that have been at the front of us we i think the reason that we push so hard is because people of color are used to kind of um, not being the forefront, I guess. And it makes it even harder when you're a person of color in the alphabet community and it kind of pushes you a little further back. Um, I remember it was me and if I can think of the, because I remember the original people I was, me and Sonny were the only ones of color. The other ones were Eddie McQueen, again, Jamie Lynn Senegal. Um, you know, eventually I got to, I got to know of Kita um, and Billy Dixon. Um, and then, you, you know, as time has gone on, um, there have been this boom of everybody, <laughs> um, which I think is super, super awesome. Um, it's like, for instance, the fact that you all can come up with a list and find 200 of us. Like I didn't even, I had no idea that there were even 200 of us. Yeah. Um, which is astonishing because for the longest time, it felt like there was five of us. It, it really did. It felt like there was five of us. Um, it literally just felt like it was me, Sunny, Eddie, Jamie, um and another person I won't mention. But it was it was it was it was it was that's what it felt like for the longest time. Um but then we get to get Billy and Sonny and 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 um AC Matt came like 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 shortly after. Um and then we 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 get um of course, we have our. I'm trying to think of everybody from that first show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of everybody from that first show. But now there's this boom of people to where we now have people like Devon Monroe and uh, Jay Vidal and and um, oh my gosh, uh, it's not even wrestling anymore. Is there's we've got Pollo Damar and Sheik, who's an original. Please don't let me forget Sheik. Uh, <laughs> Sheik, who's an original, and no, now this. Anton over there. No, I'm thinking of all the my West Coast people. Anton mm -hmm. and there's Sandra Moon. Yes. Um no, there's just Brittany Wonder. There's um oh my god, if I 
forget Demi God. He's gonna kill me. No, let me not. <laughs> let me not do that. No, but he never forget Funny people. Bone. <laughs> he never. He won't let you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now there's such a plethora of people and talent and everybody who's comfortable in their skin and are willing to just be a part of the general vibe. I enjoy going to shows and being able to hang out with people like Kikio and hanging out with, um, again, all the aforementioned people, uh, then being able to go to places like Vibe and I get to go there and, you know, Billy and Lowe and Jared Evans, um, Jordan Blade, um, you know, Trisha Dora. Um, whenever I get to see Nyla, when I go to AEW, it's freaking amazing um and sunny and i i actually came up with kier hogan we started wrestling together so she's one of my best friends on the planet mm. uh and then through her being able to get to know diamante and and um then i get to go to brunch and i get to connect with people at brunch that you know aren't just from this area they're from all around so it's it's nice to be able to look around and just be like damn there's so many of us now. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there really is. And like, it, you bring up the list, like I'm actually in the middle of putting this year's list together as we speak. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm having to like pare down a list of like close to 400 people down to like 200. Now we're at 400 now. We're close to 400. There's probably more. And that's the thing. I, every year that I do the list, I always learn about new people as the list comes mm -hmm. out. So the, like it's uh, the, the, the size of our community in the pro wrestling world just continues to grow year over year. And that is insane because <laughs> yeah. first of all, I'm always late to the party. So the fact that there's almost 400 of us, <laughs> I had no idea. It is crazy because I still will occasionally go um, to my old stomping ground at the WWE four, and there's a few of us there. Um, there's uh, a wrestler named uh, Zamir Zuriel. We call him ZZ. Um, there's actually a tag team there who's actually making one of their bigger indie debuts in Ohio coming up. Called Pretty that. Flawless. Yes. Um, and that's. Uh, that that's an amazing, amazing concept. And I, I actually wasn't spoiled time when I told Fox, I was like, oh, Fox, the games are growing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there weren't this many when I was here, Fox. And Fox was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's just cool to see the boom of people in wrestling who are finally comfortable in their identity. Um, and to be able to get to meet them, although I will say this, the newer people do make me feel old because when I walk into a room and I, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Sonny and Nyla and Billy and Eddie, I'm pretty sure we all get this, but I, it's okay to just say hi. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will walk into a room and people be like, oh my God, it's you, the one who led the way. I'm like, child, if you don't stop, that's right now. <laughs> I was like, I am 28. I am not that old. I I am not Jesus, honey. Let's just, hi, how are you? You want to go get tacos? You know what I mean? Like, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, and I'm like, and I appreciate it because I think that people understand um, the fight, you know, that we did to try to help lead and make a better way for people like us. And I think they appreciate it and they recognize it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we're still normal people. We're not gods. I mean, oh, with the exception of Funny Bone. But, <laughs> but you know, like, like we want people, We it's nice to be recognized for things like that. Like, it, it honestly, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel old, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> Don't worry. You're not even 30 yet. It's totally fine. But, but, um, it does it does like kind of bring up something like in terms of like looking at the like the history of of lgbtq communities in a way too because like you know we celebrate our our elders so to speak right but mm. usually our elders don't get to see like that that long of a time like usually our elders are younger than other elders of communities you know in because of the the violence and persecution that that the community has faced historically so like yeah. i i understand both sides of what you're saying though it's like you don't like you recognize that they that they that the the up-and-comers now do recognize the significance of your contribution to pro wrestling but you're still in the thick you're still in the middle of making that contribution right now too so yeah, yeah it's, no it's, immediate plans of leaving <laughs> exactly <laughs> All right, Jens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. It's just an interesting dichotomy, I think, like of like, especially in the, the comparison to what we've seen in terms of the you know lgbtq civil rights movement as well like and that sort of stuff too so i don't know it, it's you know it's funny um me and billy have this we kind of had this conversation a lot especially when we get together we will because we're gay we compare <laughs> we do so we 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 get together and we'd be like if this was today's women's division <laughs> where do we all sit and I think it's pretty unanimous. People people look at me and they're like, you're natty. And I'm like, oh, 
Well, I'll take that. I love Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm surprised you don't get Natalia, Alicia Fox. I was about to say Alicia Fox. Uh, well, here's the thing. Grow, uh, growing up, my favorite wrestler, I mean, he says some things since. <laughs> but uh, growing up, my favorite wrestler was Booker T. Mm. Um, and my favorite, actually, my three favorites were Booker T, Bret Hart, and Jacqueline. Those are my three favorites of all time. Um, and anyone who's ever done the scissor kick was instantly my favorite. And then along came a fox. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, she like she's good in the ring. She's like the most amazing bumper I've ever seen, man or woman. She sells excellently. So I was like, when I bump and I move around the ring, I want to emulate that because it's so smooth and it's so to me, it was so fine and crisp and it was it was almost pretty to look at. Even though this is a very violent sport, it was very pretty to look at. And I was like, I wanted to emulate that. And um, and to and if I have a top five, I don't care what anybody else's top five is. Um, but if I had a top five, Alicia Fox is definitely in there. She's like my second favorite female wrestler of all time and is in my top five. Big time. No, a hundred percent. And I and I love the resurgence of like love that is being put on her name now you know because it really about time <laughs> yeah like for the longest time it really bummed me out to see like the 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 disdain that was like put towards her like the unnecessary hate for yeah. a woman whose job was to give people excellent matches yeah and also uh, for the majority no... of the time she was a heel you're supposed yeah. to not like her you're supposed to not like her but i've seen her pull matches out of people that I necessarily didn't think were all that great to begin with. Um, she was their go-to girl for things like that. So I I think that for me, and as I, I kind of relate to her a lot simply because I feel like our lives are parallel and it's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I really truly understand her and where she's been. Um, again she's somebody who doesn't put a lot of their personal business out there um but you know i've been able to relate to some of her struggles um and and it's glad i'm glad to see her happy and doing things again and finally getting the flowers that she has deserved all this time mm -hmm. and I, I and she's the one person in wrestling that i still have not met and honestly when i meet her i've never really fanned out for anybody Mickey James came really close, like really close. Um, <laughs> and when I met her, she smelled phenomenal, by the way. She smelled so sweet. Um, but um, I've gotten the privilege to actually meet a lot of the people that I grew up loving and admiring. And she's the one person I feel like when I meet her, I'm not like a, a crier unless something means something to me. And I feel like I might shed that single, <laughs> that single tear there, um, because to me she does mean a lot to me. I I appreciate her so much. I I still think I'm her biggest fan, <laughs> um, and I love her to death. And I would just let her know how important she is to me and how much I greatly appreciate her for being no. perfectly honest. Yeah. No. And and it, to be fair, like the Natty comparison does also fit. 
I, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody else I haven't met. And I'll be like, girl, he's from the dungeon. I want to go to the dungeon. I want to do some training and stuff. <laughs> Every time I see her post a video of her trading in her, her dungeon that she has with her husband, I'm like, I want to go so bad. I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be there so bad. I want to hit the yay with her one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up WWA four though, because um, obviously you you train there. You have a lot of history there. A lot of a, a number of people like you know you, Kira, AC Mac came through that uh, that school as well. But this new this new group of of out wrestlers that are coming through WWA four now. Obviously, we have to talk about Rico Gonzalez, your new tag you team partner. Time. Yes. <laughs> the <re-up. laughs> yes yes of course you can't forget i'm surprised i haven't mentioned him already um <laughs> that boy that boy good let me tell you <laughs> um it was funny i actually met rico at one of the lowest points of my life um because when i when i got to know rico and meet rico um it was during the pandemic and um, I had, I had just lost one of my friends to COVID. And then um, to somebody who was really close to me um, and Shannon, who um, everybody knows is Daphne. That was very hard to deal with. Um, she was very close to me and um, she was one of my favorite. She's a, like the first person to actually give me critique. And when I had met Shannon, I had been in the business for about two or three years at that point. And I never really got any real critique or anybody who actually wanted to help me with some wrestling. Um, and Shannon and I became really close. We um, met at a show in Atlanta called Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. And she just lashed on to me and she was like, she was like, I love you. She was like, you work on this and then you can do this. And she was, she was actually, um, very instrumental. I give her credit for how I wrestle today because of the critique and advice that she gave me. And losing her, especially in the way we lost her, um, was heavy on on me. Um, and then how I found out that she had passed was extremely heavy on me because I was there for the Instagram live and all of that and trying to reach out to her and try to figure out what she was. So I was having a very, 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 very hard time um, coping. Um, and then literally the week that that happens or the weekend that that happens, I find out and I'm wrestling, um, I'm wrestling formerly known as Aiden English um, for a show that's being taped in Atlanta. Um, and I just, I cried all day. Then I went to the match and then I cried some more. <laughs> and then literally the next day I had to jump in the car and do Effie's first brunch in Chicago. That was mm. right after. Um, and Rico was there the whole time. And and kind of, and, and he didn't really know why because he was so new. Um, it was kind of there just kind of see me keep on a face to like, you know, to seem happy. But I was like destroyed on the inside and he was kind of there he probably thought i was a mental case not knowing what was going on to be perfectly honest um because there was a lot of smiles and there was a lot of crying um and 
we kind of bonded over that because I usually don't, again, I don't like to let a lot of people see me be vulnerable or likes to see me sweat in a way. Um, but he got it. He understood. Uh, he wasn't like, I just met this guy. He's crazy. You know what I mean? He was, he was like, he's going through something that just happened. And I mean, and all he was, he was there for me the entire time. So for that, I'm forever grateful for that. And I'm forever thankful to have somebody there who was willing to help me go through it, even though at the time he barely knew me. Um, so fast forward, you know, I, at that point, before I even really getting to know him that well on that trip, I already knew that he was trading at the WWE for, um, and that I think he was having his first match coming up at the time. He had, I don't think he even had like an official match yet, but he wanted to get in cars and travel and uh, go to shows. He wanted to network and make connections. Um, so he just, he jumped in there with Dylan McQueen and myself and we just jumped in a car and we just, we just went and he went to the show. He was able to make his own connections. Um, fast forward to currently, like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah like lord have mercy i was like it's it's almost hard to believe that as far as him having matches he's only a bit over a year and he flows so well he has such great in-ring um awareness um and he's continued to improve and improve and improve and improve and improve and then we actually got to work each other um, during the Uncharted series uh, on IWTV. Um, and I mean, I was, I mean, I've I always been kind of floored seeing him work, but to work with him is a whole nother story. And it's like when you wrestle somebody and even though they're brand new, you're just like, God, they get it. they get it oh man this is so easy and i I like it when a match feels less like work and feels more like fun and the matches that i got to have with rico were fun Mm -hmm. and i get to enjoy having fun matches and then getting to know rico uh we came up with the name the Rio because we bonded over Nicki minaj (laughs) (laughs) um and we were like and then we were talking about becoming a team, especially since after Uncharted Territory, we were definitely more into talks about being a team. And um, there were ideas uh, being tossed around about us working together. And I was like, we don't have a name, but like, we don't want to be like that random team on Raw who's like this person and this person, like we need a name. Uh, so it took us a while. And then we were trying to figure out things that made us in common in wrestling. And then I was kind of just like, what if you just kind of didn't think about what made us uncommon in wrestling as like we both like Nicki Minaj let's find something that we can work on with that um and we kind of searched around and then I was just at the gym and I was listening to Nicki Minaj and um started playing her album called The Rhea and so I was like and then of course you know before I attach anything you know you have to research it and if you know anything about a storyline a re-up is a new arrangement or a new agreement. Um, since our storyline was that we hated each other and then became friends, we made this new agreement to help each other out. So that's how we came up with the name The Re-Up. Mm. And we actually have our second match coming up at Action um, this Friday as this is taping. And it is Friday, excuse me, this Saturday. 
Uh, it'll be our second match. Uh, we want our first match because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Um, but, you know, we're 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 wanting to take it all over. We want violence is forever. Of course, my boys uh, from my favorite tag team, MSP, my babies. Um, uh, I've wrestled Bussy. Oh, I, I like I saying it like that. I feel like saying it like Colonel Sanders is the best way to go. Oh, yeah, you gotta uh, put the twang on it. You gotta put, you know, it's called Bussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I want us to be able to have matches like that. And, and I, you know, I believe, um, and I definitely see it happening, us being a force in tag team wrestling, that Rico is like, he's he's the guy. I feel like even after I become old and wither away and, you know, Thanos snaps his fingers and I'm gone. I feel like uh, the future is in good hands with people like Rico. No, I, I have been um, just overwhelmed with how quickly Rico has become the the name that he has this over the last year and the, to see the the level of talent there and also like like you mentioned on uncharted territory like the y'all that you him and rob killjoy that like three-way program that y'all basically worked the entire run of the of the season almost like mm-hmm. it, it really um i don't know it put a spotlight on all three of y'all in in a really wonderful way and to see the product of that be the re-up now and and Kind of in, in inserting yourself into the uh, the action wrestling tag team uh, picture is just really awesome to see, and obviously it goes beyond just action, but um, it's yeah, but, know. but the action is giving us the platform to actually get started, and yes. and and you know, uh, Rika and I do occasionally train together to uh, work on re up stuff, <laughs> uh, but. Um, Action is like, okay, we like this idea. We're going to give you guys the platform to actually try to go through and, and, and do it. Um, so, of course, we're appreciative to that because usually you come up with the idea and promotions are like, eh, we'll see. But Action has kind of given us the reins to be like, yeah, go for it. And then we'll kind of see how that goes. So that so I that I'm appreciative for. And we know that for a fact it's going to work. And I just can't wait to see what... Um, the next few months and then of course going into 2023 has in store for us um he's definitely invited to my birthday party in december <laughs> i was going to keep it small but um you know you only turn 29 once so i think we're definitely i'm going to have myself a little get together and we're probably just all going to get drunk and drink wine so yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> No, like being so like infused in like the Atlanta wrestling scene, really. Like, how vital has action been to kind of reinvigorating that scene? Because like I lived in Atlanta for like eleven years before I moved to the West Coast, and mm-hmm. and I feel like I was there during like you know I talked to AC Mag about this previously. We've I was there during like the PCW days. Like I remember seeing Simon Sermon the wrestle sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. That's the era of of like AWE was just like starting up or like just starting to get a little bit of a, a foothold. And it just felt like compared to other areas, like Atlanta was still like, it had awesome talent within it, but it still just felt like it didn't have the same resonance as we saw with other areas. Uh, I mean, that's, that's true. Um, 
Georgia wrestling doesn't have as much of a reach. Or um, I th- honestly, I think it's because, I think it's weird that when people think of of Georgia, they think of it as a Southern state, like, because, okay. So you moving all the way to the West Coast, you're able to tell that the wrestling is very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's weird based on region. Like, so the Southern wrestling is very different than West Coast, Midwest, and then like Northeast wrestling. Um, to where when people think of wrestling here in Georgia, they think of, you know, Billy Bob and his overalls, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, that's what they think of when they think of Georgia. Um, and f- to be honest, for a while, a little bit, you know, definitely a little bit. A lot of people here, when they wrestled, they didn't wrestle in gear, really. They kind of had like clothes and maybe some jean shorts and some basketball shorts. Um, and the ones that did have gear, they got them off of Elucha. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I don't even know if that's still a thing. If they're still in business, good job. Um, <laughs> but the, the, it was Georgia wasn't really a hotbed for wrestling as I answered it, which is weird coming from the fact that it was the main base for, you know, Deep South and um, NWA and WCW. So it was like it was it was crazy to think that um, Georgia wouldn't be a hotbed for wrestling. But, you know, over time, things change. And it kind of became more focused on um, Florida and its territories. And then a few of the promotions that were in the Northeast and uh, PWG. <laughs> PWG and CZW, really. So um, it was, you know, and those are, in, of course, in other places. So nobody's looking at Georgia. Um, now, I think there's such a plethora of talent. Like, but people don't know is that I like that the the last IWTV champion and the current IWTV champion are both Georgia-born wrestlers. Yes. Um, which is crazy to me because yeah, I would have never thought. I was like, Georgia? This place? Really? Uh, <laughs> the place where they worship Chick-fil-A. Like, um, but <laughs> it's 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 cool to see people finally be recognized for things and the amount of Georgia wrestlers that I get to see on PWI or um, wrestlers that trained in their home base was Georgia. I enjoyed being able to see Carly Bravo enter the PWI this year. Um, You know, AC Mack was the highest rated indie wrestler on the PWI. Um, And, you know, I was in there too. But <laughs> but it's nice to see us finally have people take notice and be like, well, damn, the South merely does have wrestlers and they have wrestlers that can keep up with wherever we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the real challenge is when you're able to step out of your home base and go to a different, um, a different territory or area in the country to where the wrestling is seen differently and still be able to hold up and keep up and people still enjoy it. So just like I can go to Everett, Washington, or I can go to um, Hood Slam in Oakland, or I can go to New York or Jersey or Georgia or Florida, or um, I can go out to first wrestling in the Midwest and be able to keep up and be able to amalgamate to all the different styles. It's, it's kind of fun. It's challenge. It's a challenge that I love and I'm able to keep up with. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
but it is it's a proving ground, especially when you come from the South, people don't really necessarily see you as being that great of a wrestler only because they're used to what I call wrestling. Uh, W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. <laughs> um, and that's what they think of when they think of Georgia. And when I say it that way, people, most people are like, ah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. fun. No, I mean, like, it's it's definitely been an evolution of the perception down there. And I think, obviously, a lot of what we've seen with the uh, the Southeast First stuff this year has put a different eye on that area not to mention the fact that like i feel like there's this this one um group of of talent that came out of wwa4 that really has been the driving force of that like you ac back danny jordan owen knight david ali um that really have become like the nucleus of atlanta in a way um you you know what's funny about that is that i feel like all those people you mentioned kind of had to kind of like how we have in the alphabet mafia community where we kind of had to want to force people to be better and do better Mm -hmm. and get the acknowledgement that we all truly feel like we deserve um i think that with that because me and owen are actually we we do the wwa foreign generations so it it was like me and owen were a part of this generation that existed I want to say between, because we both started at the same time in 2013. So that generation included myself, Kiera Hogan, Owen Knight, um, Odinson. Mm. Um, We were a part of that group, that collective group. And then the next generation came when the changing of the guard happened at school and they changed trainers and Fox took it over. Then you got Theory and AC Mack and... um, you know, and Alan Angels. Um, and that group, I think, with a few of us from the previous group, were able to kind of get together and like force Georgia wrestling to be better. Uh, I don't really know if that group will ever get um, that acknowledgement. And, 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 and I'm, I, I don't know why, because a lot of people just don't like giving credits where credits do also. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like the landscape of the wrestling scene, especially here, changed. And people finally st- started to take notice of the wrestling scene here when those players kind of, you know, entered the chat, if you will. Um, and all of a sudden, people were like, cheers going down in Georgia. You're like, mm-hmm, they got gay people down there, girl. And then it was like... <laughs> You know, and then and then you know, just like oh, they actually wrestling. They're not having mud matches down there. They're like actually wrestling. And did you hear about Theory and Alan Angels and um, Tommy Maserati and David Ali and oh god, AC Mack? The boys just don't shut up. Like you know, like <laughs> things like that. And and I, they finally got to talk about us. And as honestly, I feel like that's probably why we're the more successful ones of that time because you can utter a sentence in Georgia without hearing our names. Mm. And it probably got on a lot of people's nerves, which is probably why we'll never really get the credit that we're due, if you ask me. Um, and then, of course, there were people in other parts of Georgia who were coming up at the same time as we were, or not necessarily coming up because they were wrestling before us, but they were finally getting their just due. Um, like Cruel, who had been doing this 10 plus years and is finally getting the shine that he deserves. 
Um, Joe Black. Yes. Oh my God, Joe Black. Just been wrestling ten plus years and is finally getting some shine that he deserves. Is somebody else that I also feels like should be a hundred times further than he actually is, and I think it's a crime that he's not. Um, we we've got our we've got Chip Day and Kyle Matthews and and um just this wealth of of great talent and they've been here the whole time yeah they've been here the whole time it's all about just having a platform and sometimes it just takes a group of people to be like well we're not going to settle for just georgia you know what i'm we're going to make a name and expand beyond this and fox was instrumental um in that as well fox would take us to evolve and um style battle and and uh what was the other one fip um and we would get put on to places like there then shows would notice and we want to book us and be able to do things like that and so on and so forth um i mean i'm not gonna talk about my time on style battle but <laughs> <laughs> like in the words of mariah carey i don't know her so <laughs> I, I don't know uh that was a whole different me and we ain't gonna talk about it but um to be able to get those opportunities and those platforms like that um and make the connections and and it was it was very vital i think for the landscape of this state and then you know it worked out for all those people in the end some of those people ended up getting signed um some of those people have had tv opportunities um some of those people get to live their dream and travel across the country that's me uh, <laughs> um, some of those people have been recognized as world champions um, and I think it's a testament to how hard we all actually worked and fought for those opportunities no 100% and I'm, I'm glad that you kind of like, like put the button on that with, with the world champion moniker thing there because we have to talk about January we have to talk about AC Mac winning that title in in at action at Southeast First Show. Um, obviously, we saw the Life of episode featuring him come out later on in the year, and that moment with you and him backstage uh, before the show, where like he's you you see the anxiety starting to come over him and talking about like what this moment actually would be, um, you know, becoming the first out gay male world champion in the history of professional wrestling um and just having you there and like reassuring him in the way that that you did like i don't know it just felt like this very very poignant and emotional moment not just for for matt who is going to be winning that belt later on that night but for you as like a supporting force for him as well like what was that Th- that moment like for you and then of course like the post match in the ring like the the embrace that that the two of you had afterwards i i don't think okay so one thing about me is that i feel like i'm winning when my circle is winning hmm. um and mac and i aren't just friends in wrestling he's actually just in life he's one of my best friends so we were having that conversation and I'll let, I'll let Mac tell his story, but it was, I was nervous for him. Um, mainly because not only is that my best friend, but 
what it would mean for him to walk away with that IWTV title was monumental. And, and I think it was a step in showing how far we as a community have come to where now all of a sudden we can be considered world champions. Um, he was, I will say that he was a nervous wreck for like a week or two <laughs> leading up to that. I will say that. Um, and I completely forgot that I was on camera until it aired. And I was like, ugh, they got me in my Missy Elliott coat on camera. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, but it was such a monumental thing. And again, I don't cry often, but when I do cry, it's for things that mean a lot to me. Um, you know, the entire locker room got to be at ringside for that match. And we all got in the ring. He, you know, he did his whole spiel and I just, I was crying. I was crying. I was like, and I'm an ugly crier, which is why I don't like to cry. <laughs> um, so, and, and it was a moment of unspoken communication because he started crying a little bit and then he looked up and you know his mom is there um and we love mama matt she's she's actually a really 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 big sweetheart um and being his best friend and then um i was in his first match ever i was in a lot of people's first match um <laughs> but i was in his first match and to see that moment from his first match all up to winning the title and then, of course, him making history in that moment. It was so weird to see him look up and see me and I see him and we didn't even say a word. He just went like this and just, oh, just opened his hands and we just walked <laughs> up to each other. And that was just such a big hug. And I, could, I was so, I wasn't even thinking of the history of it in that moment. Like it, it hit, it hit. But I was like, my best friend is like a world heavyweight champion. You know, I mean, these, these are things that we talked about. And, you know, he got to, he got to make history. Um, and it was such a step forward. And I have never been so happy for someone who wasn't myself. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm usually genuinely happy for everybody. Like the first time I saw Danny Jordan on Dark, I did, like I was working at a bar and I pulled it up on TV and I was like, y'all shut up, we watching this. <laughs> I had to... <laughs> You know, I had to turn off the music. We actually turned on the TV and just watched her get jumped by Nyla. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, Alan Angel's first time on TV. Um, it, those Seeing my friends win is a big thing for me. So to actually be able to see something like that in person and like that's, you know, that's my friend. But, you know, that's like, that's one of the closest people in my life. And to see that and be a part of that moment and to be able to witness history firsthand was everything and then I got to be a part of history with him being the first <laughs> lord have mercy let me just retire and just end this book now <laughs> um, but to compete in the first ever match between two gay men for a world title mm. And I was like, y'all want to get it? Y'all want me in this? <laughs> I was like, y'all want me to do it? Um, I mean, those are moments that have never, I've had a lot of great moments in my career. And, you know, I'm almost at 10 years. 
and it took a while and a lot of these moments have happened within like the last few years um i think that was one of the um and it wasn't even my moment but for me that was one of my favorite things i've ever gotten to be a part of um in my career hands down mm. no it, it's it's still like one of the more powerful moments i think that that we're gonna see in for for a while in pro wrestling that is a moment that's gonna stand the test of time and and not to mention the fact that like you said like you got you challenged him for that title as well like it just feels like ash like the story of ashton star is just like making history at least once a year you're making you're making some kind of history <laughs> here and there like you know so i don't know it's just it's just really awesome to see honestly and i it's fun. I'm not not as fun. Like really, it just, <laughs> I love it so much. It's destined to be. But no, like I was Trisha Dora's first title defense for the Pan African World Diaspora Championship. I was her first title defense, so that was a big deal to me. So I, in that moment, I was like, I was actually under the. I, I don't want to get this wrong because if there was a first, they're going to jump me for it. And legit, AC Mac just texted me. He heard his ears burning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he heard his ears burning. I just looked at my phone. I was like, he heard it. Um, but I, I think I might be the first gay man to fight for a world heavyweight championship. It's possible. I have to. I I have to delve back into into like the my memory and history, but like. Yeah, like, I don't know how many gay men have contended for recognized world heavyweight championships, but I think me wrestling Trisha Dora for her belt may have been the first time, and also as her first title defense. So there's a two for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and Billy were it was the first time two um, gay black men wrestled each other in a death match when I wrestled Billy Dixon and I lost my tooth the first time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that moment. Oh, not to mention we ended up opening the show and I had never done a death match before. But Billy was very accommodating and he took good care of me as I completely destroyed him. I'm sorry, Billy. <laughs> um, then, of course, uh, my match with Sonny on Dark. Mm-hmm. It was the first time a match like that happened for a nationally recognized brand. And then my match with, with Mac. And I'm sure there are other things that I just can't think of right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I I've been able to enjoy those moments and i'm a i'm not a win loss person although i would enjoy more wins um i've never been a win loss person i've always been a person who's been able to enjoy the moment and just i'm happy to be a part of it if it doesn't happen to me i'm glad it got to happen to somebody i love so and i take pride in things like that because i think we get into wrestling not really we what what we expect to happen and then the reality we happens don't always match up and coincide. Um, I didn't think I was I wanted to make history in wrestling, not how I've done it. Um, but I love the way I've done it. Just to be perfectly honest, I I love what I've done. I absolutely love it. Things that I would have never expected ever, ever. No, it's 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 always like. It's not always how things are like made out in your head, right? It's like sometimes mm-hmm. it's just how things happen. And like, oh wait, this is pretty much what what I imagine just in like unfolding in a different way. So, yeah, 
it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ride's not over for you, Ashton. This has been amazing. Um, there's there's so much more that, that I want to talk to you about. And we didn't get into like comic books or Starfire or or Fear the we didn't get I wanted like we need I want to talk to you about Fear the Gay agenda as well. I want to talk to you about that Metro Billy, but we yeah. were like running out of time here a little bit. It just means we'll have to have you back on again at some point. Yes, we we could guess. Let's do a part two. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely down for a part two <laughs> down the line for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Ashton, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online and uh, what you have coming up here as we close out the year. Well, um, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Ashton is a star being very problematic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can spike a few Natalia videos for me, honey. Um, so you can find me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Although my Twitter isn't really, I just realized, isn't really wrestling heavy anymore. It's really more about like fitness and gym now, which is crazy to me. I mean, that's who, the beautiful thing about this stuff is like, it, you, it doesn't have to be wrestling heavy per se. It can just represent you, you know? It just represents me, but you know, well, I'm, I'm going to throw some more wrestling back on there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for the Instagram. Of course, um, I have catalogs that can be seen on uh, Fight TV and IWTV. Um, uh, you can find me coming up with some shows. Um, I have Southern Honor Friday, um, where I'm hosting my talk show called The Petty Party. I'll be doing that on Southern Honor Friday. Um, I have two shows Saturday, one of which is at Action, where I team up with Rico to take on top team of Jay Lucas and um, Teriyaki. Uh, and then I have a secret show that I'm not, I'm just going to pop up at that I'm not telling mm. anybody about Saturday. Um, but also I have um, Ohio Wrestling Alliance coming up on the 11th. Um, I have a show that I can't mention coming up uh, in November, ending some in December. So you just have to wait for the posters on those. But let's just say they'll be out of the state. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, whenever Effie throws another brunch, you know I'm there. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as um, working on going back to things like Hood Slam and working my way back to the West Coast. And then also currently working on things as well as going back to D.C., which is where I'm from, and um, going back to the New York, New Jersey area. So there, are, you'll be able to see me a few, actually quite a few places for the year is up and then going into next year. So there's a lot to look out for. Awesome. Awesome. I eagerly anticipate all of it. I I love seeing you continue to expand and just do what you do. Ashton, it's been a blast to get the chance to sit down with you. Thank you. About time. I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, likewise. We'll do it again for sure. Yes, thank you. Thank you. My thanks once again to Ashton for taking the time to sit down to chat with me about so much about his pro wrestling journey and Mariah season, as well as that the full circle moments that he has had and being able to see so many people around him as well as himself get more recognition that is due to them um, in the world of pro wrestling. You know, Ashton is beloved for a reason by so many people, and I cannot wait to see what remains in store for him as he continues this journey because like you said no plans to leave in anytime soon 
Um, that is going to do it for us this week, though. Um, before I go, though, I must remind everyone that the QWI Awards, the 2022 QWI Awards nomination ballot is still live um, for another week. Uh, nominations will close on November 17th at midnight Pacific. So if you haven't gone to vote yet, or if you have, and you have more names or more opinions that you want to put down about uh, about people that deserve to be on the ballot uh, come uh, the final ballot later this month, uh, you got seven more days to do it. And I highly suggest that y'all do it. The response still remains to be amazing. Um, and I want all of you to continue supporting that, spread the word, make sure that we get as many people involved with uh, choosing your choices for the best in LGBTQ pro wrestling for the year. I, I love seeing the the barometer of the fan base through these in a way. So yeah, awesome to see. The uh, the link to that, of course, is pinned at the top of both my Twitter account at WaterboyOTM and the show's Twitter account at LGBT Ring Pod. So make sure you go there, click the link, vote for your favorites, and we will have a final ballot later in the month for everyone to vote on. So it's award season. It's list season. Yikes. <laughs> well, we'll talk about this stuff later, though. This is my own things to deal with. Y'all, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We will see you next week um, with another outstanding interview. Um, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. The same goes for monkeypox. And, of course, uh, happy birthday to... Pride Styles own Millhouse Malat. Everybody's ready to die. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the